That's the sound of a day starting out right. I hear it every time my new Toro Z-Master 4000 Zero Turn starts up. With big-time horsepower, giant Voodoo track tires, TurboForce deck, and comforts like MyRide and USB ports, it's fully loaded to mow all day long while delivering that signature Toro cut. From start to finish, this beast means business. Get your Z-Master 4000 today. Toro. Count on it. Introducing the SD Podcast channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. Welcome to episode 237 of the S&D Podcast Show. Steven is here, Dan's here, I think Ben's finally awake and alive from yesterday. Maybe. I was very zen yesterday. You guys know I knew this was coming, so this is the quickest I've ever gotten over a loss. I'm good. Yeah, it was gave up a hundred, less than 100 passing yards. Yeah. And like, <laughs> I didn't even, I was proud of myself because I didn't even get myself like, I mean, they cut it to 14 with, like, 10 minutes to go. And I was like, that's not impossible. But at that point, Niners hadn't even, like, completed a pass to Kittle. So it was like they hadn't even had to use their best player. So I was kind of <laughs> like, well, this game's over. Yeah, it's one of those games that you, like, giggle to yourself. And you're like, of course you're upset. But at least it wasn't, like, a game that was, like, all right, we lost in the last second field goal, so you're able to mentally prepare yourself for the devastation. Yeah. Like, I mean, I tweeted, and it's true. I At halftime, I turned the game off. I we I was at a friend's house. We, we went to go watch the Don't Fuck, Don't Fuck With Cats. I don't know if everybody watched that Netflix documentary. No, I, I have. I've heard of it. I haven't watched I've it. I've heard of it, but I never watched it. It's pretty crazy. But, yeah, so I watched that. for like I missed pretty much the whole third quarter. So anything good they did, but I really didn't matter at that point. So, with that being said, um, we have a big show this week. We're not gonna we're gonna preview the Super Bowl matchup, but we're not gonna predict the Super Bowl matchup yet. We're gonna talk about that next week. Um, Division One Point One submission is our song this week. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of social media. SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, all other podcast apps, including Spotify now. You can find us on, don't forget, snblog.com. With that being said, let's go into the lead. leading off. All right, welcome back to the leadoff. Today's leadoff is we're going to get into a little bit of uh, it's a couple of different things, mostly about the Baseball Hall of Fame, though. Uh, So tomorrow they announce the inductees for this year. Um, Jeter's pretty much a lock. We can talk about him a little bit. There are a couple guys who um, are on the fringe, according to the tallied public ballots already. Um, The two highest, I think, are Larry Walker and Kurt Schilling. So the question that I thought, and this kind of goes hand-in-hand with the Astros cheating stuff, is well, first of all, how much does do, does Coors Field affect a, a Hall of Fame vote? Because Todd Helton is also a name that's been thrown around lately, and they both played. Larry Walker was a little bit other places, but 
they both played a significant amount of time in their career at Coors Field. Should that affect how their numbers are looked at? I say that, especially early Coors Field, is something that has to be taken into account. Now, was I Walker a great player? Yes. But I think it's something that needs to be taken into account. I'm assuming the voters are, but I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about at least Coors Field? I think with Coors Field, the situation with Coors Field, uh, and with Todd Helton and Larry Walker, um, I'm not I'm not looking at any stats, but looking at Larry Walker before on Baseball Reference, he was he was a stud for Montreal for the first couple about couple years of his career there as well, and then he got to Colorado, and then that's how he blossomed to being the guy we all know and love, or like. Um, I think it has to be like the stats home and road splits have to be somewhat similar between like like 10 to 15 points for me to be like all right this guy's obviously legit. Like you you've seen guys that played for the Rockies and their home split is like 500 and then they go on the road and they're barely over 200. And those two guys obviously are the exceptions to the rule for this given argument. But for anybody else, just like Altuve the other day when his 17 playoffs averages come out and his home average is like seven, close to like 500 and his road is like under two. And that, that's some things you got to like question a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I'm just looking at Larry Walker's splits now. Most people do hit better at home. That's just, you know, of you're more comfortable there. But he's got a 348 batting average and a, and a 1068 OPS at home, 278 and 865 on the road. I mean, those are pretty drastic, but I don't, I'm, he wasn't a bad player on the road. Yeah, it's, it's a good it's, player. It's drastic, but for someone to do that on the road more times than not, I, I that's still pretty good because we all know the game is all about failing. So right. So I have I have Helton's numbers up to go the other side of it. Who only played for Colorado? Remember, he's only and played for Colorado. Yeah, they're very similar. He's actually. a three forty five home batter while two eighty seven on the road. But the thing with Todd Helton is he's probably one of the top five, maybe even better first base defensive first basemans we've ever seen mm-hmm. which is what's yeah. helping with it and that's not just the home and away thing that's a throughout the league thing that's wherever he played he never you never saw him he was i think it said three or five time gold glove award winner mm-hmm. like yeah he yeah, had a lot of time three time and, and playing 17 years at multiple spots and being an all-star and pretty much all the spots during his prime, he, he got he's he's basically as close to a no brainer, and he's he was a good ambassador to the game. He was an MVP in '97, the year before everybody uh, went nuts with uh, Sosa and uh, Bond, uh, Sosa and uh, McGuire, and he hit 47 that year. So, I I think he's pretty much as close to a no brainer given the situation of everything like that. Like when you see a player, you know he's. You, you can tell, like, you know what I mean? He's in that, that guy's a Hall of Famer class for me. Like, when you when you watch them, you're like, all right, this guy is going to be borderline Hall of Famer to being a Hall of Famer. There's no question about that. 
Okay. So. People take people like take it way too crazily with like opinions and everything like that. Is there he's a Hall of Famer or not? Like you, you the eye test is just as important as stats and everything like that. So, so so I'm looking at Hall of Fame statistics for Todd Helton on Baseball Reference. Okay. And batting wise, an average Hall of Famer for where he's ranked on his batting wise is a 27, where he's got a 16. Oh. That's like their Hall of Fame ranking system thing, right? Yeah. Which yeah, it's like a... Four points for home runs, runs batted or batting average, uh, three points for runs scored, hitting and slugging percentage, two points for doubles, walks on bases, one, pit, one points games at bats and triples. So he's very, like, he's very close to... Like, if you look on that, it has the average Hall of Fame first baseman. He's very close to the average Hall of Fame first baseman. I think he should – he'll probably get more love. Like, you'd have to look down the line a couple of years mm-hmm. to see when somebody with, you know, that isn't Jeter-like comes in. You know, is, is, there's not one of those no-brainer kind of thing. Right. Uh, um, and remember that Larry Walker was part of that – 94 what everybody claims to be championship Montreal Expo team he was that you know got cut short because of the lockout and who knows what's happening if let's say there's no lockout he brings a championship to Montreal for all you know he never ends up in Colorado right may not even have a team in Colorado if you don't call that off if you don't have well no no Colorado already was a team so they they came in the league the year before I believe. Yeah. Um. So. Also, I guess more Hall of Fame candidacy stuff. Uh, do we think Beltron is affected? Is his Hall of Fame candidacy affected by this Astros? Stuff? I think this goes from first ballot to. It may take two or three years. Because let's face it, just looking at the numbers. He's probably the greatest switch hitter in history. Uh, and arguably, he's not the greatest. He's not the greatest switch hitter in history, but I mean Mickey Mantle and like even Chipper, but like he's. It's, it, it, I think he gets in. I don't know if he would have been first ballot even. Yeah, I don't think know. he would have been first ballot right away as well. Uh, but he would have definitely gotten into it at some point. And I think this might prolong it a little bit. Um, with that being said, with the whole cheating scandal, I think it's kind of BS that he was the only guy pretty much linked to it in the reports, um, especially since all the other players were basically protected. Everything else is hearsay at this point. And... I think it's it's a shame that he's the only guy, pretty much getting pinned with it right, right now. Player wise, player wise, um, yeah. Now, I do you guys personally? I tweeted this, and I, don't know, I didn't see a lot of responses. But did do you guys think less of the Astros players for like not even like as they're they're like um whatever, their personality or morals, whatever. No. I, just as players. I don't, like, because... Is, I, is I, Alex Bregman any worse of a third baseman? Well, no. Like, no. Is he any worse of a hitter? I don't think. No, because you saw... Like, those guys during the season, 
always had like the same basically splits. They really only like it really only showed in the postseason that it happened. Um, also, like listening to just Bobby Valentine himself, like oh yeah, everybody just, cheats. He he literally said, "If you're not cheating in this sport, you're not playing the sport correctly." Mm-hmm. I heard yeah. that too. Um, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like they they finally got caught. And they are obviously good to great players, all of them. It's going to be interesting to see when, with the eyes of everybody on them this year, with the pressure on them this year, it's going to be really interesting to see how they all step up and basically play as clean as they can possibly be because they're not going to be dumb enough to try anything, you would think. Right. Right, and and honestly, Altuve said it the best. We're still going to go out there and we're going to win another championship. I I don't know about that. Because, I think because teams are like, oh, blah blah blah. You're they're still going to be the same team. To we, be fair, what else? Are, what else are they going to say? What else yeah. is he supposed to say? He, yeah. they're going to get not if they didn't already, but just being a good team, they're going to get everybody's best. They're all probably going to get hit by a bunch of pitches, and maybe that's a good thing because they'll be on base. But I mean, they're going to get tired of it. They might get some brawls. It's, this is not going to be a, a very easy season for the Astros. They'll probably still make the playoffs. That division is not great, so they'll probably still win it. But it, I mean, they're going to have a they have a long road ahead of them. This is this is not going to be as easy as they think it's going to be. And like you said, what else is he supposed to say? But like, I, I feel like this is going to be a rough one. Oh yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. It's gonna be interesting to watch and see like how people react because you know like that first trip to the Bronx is gonna be a real pain for them. Yeah. Like, and listen, when they were playing in the Bronx in the postseason, they still hit the ball. Tuve hit a home run on the first pitch he saw. Mm-hmm. There was no camera in the outfield that we know that anybody knows of. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting what's going to happen with the Red Sox with that whole situation on their part as well. See, that that's the interesting thing. What's happening with the Red Sox? Well, the Red Sox have been over... So their issue is a money problem. They've been over the, the luxury tax for so much that they're almost paying dollar for dollar in luxury tax. Like, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. So they have to get under they have no choice. That's why they didn't have a bullpen last year. That's why they're looking to could trade Mookie Betts. Like, they're trying to trade David Price. They have to get their money under, even if it's just for one season. They have to do it. So they're like, I mean, it might be not a rebuild, but they are going into a bit of a, a low, a retool, if you will. Right. Like, they were moving, they're trying to move Chris Sale, too. Yeah. They have to, they have to get under this thing any way possible and I think to be honest for them this scandal might help them because it's going to be like they do whatever they can to get under this thing and then chalk it up to this is the reason this is a bad year and then they can go back over after when they reset their tax bracket like the Yankees did and it's you know it goes back to normal but it's just really shitty timing that all these great you know top free agents were out there and they're going to have to pay Bitmookie, and they're going to have to pay Devers soon, and like all these 
contracts are coming up that you know, it's not great timing for them. But they got to figure it out somehow because they can't just keep paying them so much, you know, double their salary pretty much. Right. Well, y'all know, I, it was interesting because, like, even Joe and Evan said this, and most of the guys have been saying this, like, the Astro manager is going to get a job. Next oh, year. Oh, yeah. He's going to end up getting a job. Where, who knows, you know, it may be a bench coach scenario where he eventually could get promoted and or even a minor league system to just kind of ease him into an organization, like have him there for spring, don't have him in the pros, let him deal with all the BS in the minors and then get called and then eventually get the job. I, I could see him being somebody's bench coach, yeah, because he's got to... He's got to go through a year where he gets all the questions asked and whatever. It's probably better for him to not be somebody's manager while that's happening. And the same thing, I really think Cora gets a job. I don't know. We don't know how long his suspension is. Well, yeah, we we got to see what's up with Cora before that we could can be make three years things. or whatever. But I really think he gets a job right after. Yeah, or he could get banned. I guess. I guess it's possible. Right, one of the two is going to happen. People are saying he's getting banned because he was involved in the Astro thing, and then it's basically three things he did. Now that's the problem. Well, what was the third thing? Because it was like the Astros had this had that like Apple Watch scandal. No, no, no. You're thinking say... of the Red Sox, and that was the other manager. That's what I'm saying. Before. Yeah, but that Red was Sox. the year before he became the manager, so he's clear from that. Yeah, he oh, was okay. with the Astros at that time. Yeah, I thought that was 2018. I thought they had Astros had no. the Red Sox had both things in 2018. Okay, I might have got mistaken there. No, it's, it's okay. At least two th- yeah. It's two yeah. things. It's it's two things. The the Apple Watch thing was the year before he came, so it's the so, other manager, Farrell. Right, 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 right. Okay. So maybe not banned, but they did say harsher than Hinch, so probably two years, maybe three. I guess we shall see. Yep. Well, with that being said, we'll be right back. We say you from disillusion. All right, welcome back to the SD Podcast. You just listened to the submission by Division 1.1. Um, yesterday was Championship Sunday in the NFL. Um, we're going to start off and let Vin vent it out, even though he kind of did already in the intro. Um, Ben, so it was a, a good positive year. The defense, they got key free agents in defensively. They got a couple good rookies defensively with Gary and Savage. Um, unfortunately they did get home field advantage. They won the first round against the Seahawks, uh, second round versus the Seahawks. And unfortunately last night, the Cinderella story of, I, I can't say that with a straight face. But the, the the solid season with the Green Bay Packers uh, came to a crushing end last night. Um, what was your takeaways of last night, and what's your takeaway from last season? And lastly, what is your outlook going into the offseason? Okay. Um, yesterday, to start off with, uh, you guys, if you listened to the last episode, you heard my, my angst um, mm-hmm. about just playing anybody in general, playing Seattle, playing whoever. Um, I knew, and if you follow me on Twitter, you know this, I knew this team wasn't 
as good as the 13 and three record it, it put up. And that might sound spoiled. It might sound, you know, uh, bad, but it, it's exactly, it's honestly how I felt. I, they had too many games where they went down to the wire with the lions. They beat the, the Detroit lions who won, I don't know, five games this year. They beat the Lions twice, somehow never leading at any point in either game. They both times they beat them on a game expiring field goal. So they the Redskins they took down to the wire. I mean they beat Kansas City, but it was without Mahomes, so they got lucky there. It's so it wasn't you know the dominant a dominant two normal two seed kind of season that you would see in the NFL. But I do still think it's a solid. Uh, team in general, I the Niners. I knew again, like I said, I knew this was that was going to happen. Just I watched them play the first game, it was a Sunday night game. They got absolutely demolished. Mm-hmm. That game, they couldn't cover Kittle. This game, they decided to try to cover Kittle, I guess, and just didn't stop the run. Um, it exposed. I'm not going to say it exposed issues with the roster. There are obviously issues with the roster. They they got the horses up front, I think, on the on the D line and on the O line, I guess. Um, the Smiths were obviously a huge impact this season. Kenny Clark had another great season. Uh, he's got to get a contract, so that'll be interesting. Um, he does need. They do need some. I would say some help on the inside because, as you could see yesterday. I, I saw a stat. I think it was like Mostert ran for like 110 yards yesterday before being cut before first contact. Like that's a combination of you don't you know the middle your middle is not doing a great job, and the real story of yesterday was Kyle Shanahan just ate Matt Lafleur and Mike Pettin's lunch. Just mm-hmm. Kyle Shanahan is one of the top coaches in the league, I think, and we all I think we kind of knew that, but I. I think yesterday showed the chasm that is between a, a, what I think is a decent NFL coach at this moment in Matt LaFleur and Shanahan, who was, I think, an up-and-coming star. Now, does he have, like, eight first-round picks on the D-line? Yes. So that was part of the issue. Um, Going forward, I saw somebody tweet today that – Having a great quarterback is a bad thing sometimes because your team never hits rock bottom. And I I guess that's kind of true because we're at the point, there's a lot of talk of the window closing and this and that. The the Aaron Rodgers leading this team window is closed, in my opinion. That doesn't mean they can't win the championship with him as the quarterback. That obviously just means he's at the same point Tom Brady's at, he's at the same point Drew Brees is at. He can no longer be the focal point of this offense and of this team. So whether it's on him or on the coach yesterday, he was the focal point of the game plan, and that was not a good game plan. Aaron, this offense needs to go through Aaron Jones. Devontae Adams had one target in the first half. You're not going to care who's covering him. You're not going to beat somebody when your best player gets one target. Um, going forward, in general, he definitely needs they definitely need more weapons, like I said, for Rodgers. I mean, Alan Lazard is their second receiver, and he's a decent receiver, but he's not. You know, they need somebody. And 
I think Rogers even knows that because he took a pay cut already. Um, they already restructured his contract. In the, like a backup offensive lineman. But I'm assuming this is a plan going forward. Um, defensively, they don't have any linebackers, literally any. Um, Blake Martinez is a free agent, and he's not coming back because he's not very good. I mean, he tackles. He gets had a lot of tackles, but it's kind of like, you know, the guy that gets a lot of hits, but they don't really count. He's Lucas Duda, pretty much. <laughs> um, he he's he can tackle people, but he gets blocked way too easily. He's not, you know, physical. He's not good side to side. He can't cover anybody. So they probably have to draft um, an, a middle linebacker, I would say, probably in the first round. Um, I think they are. I was thinking a lot about this, like, where do they stand in the conference, basically? They're better than the Vikings. And I think they showed that this year. They handled the Vikings pretty well both times they played them. The Bears, I don't know what they're going to be next year. They're, you know, do they stick with Mitch, whatever. But I think they're bet- as, at least as good, if not better, than the Bears. So I think they're the best team in the division. And I think they're as good as the Saints. So they're really, I think they are actually, the two seed was a legitimate thing. I think they are the second best team in the conference. But the chasm between the Niners and the rest of the conference is obviously huge. Um, I don't know. I guess I think I got it all out. I mean, like I said, I'm not like heartbroken. I'm not crushed over this. I knew it was going to happen. I knew the Niners were a better team. This is going to be a very good Super Bowl between these two teams. I, they have a, the Packers have a lot of work to do. They need they need weapons. Rodgers needs help. They need to probably draft a quarterback. Probably. I wouldn't draft one early, but if something happens and somebody falls, maybe, yes. I I don't see, like, Tua dropping that far or anybody really dropping that far. If anybody's going like to drop that far, it would be hers. To be honest. I, I, I think Rodgers has probably got at least three more years. You know, I think he can probably go till he's 40. As a solid, you know, but they they need to get the other receiving core going. They they need guys other than Adams, and Adams was hurt a lot this year as well. Yeah, and well, that's I mean, I, that's I that's that. the given. If they get another two couple receivers, it's basically no names and Adams basically the whole season. And then if, I'm glad they finally ran the ball this year. Finally, they, they're like, oh, we have a confident running back in Jones. Let's use him. Right. And uh, Williams is not bad as well. So Yeah, Williams is a solid change. They just got to get – I think they got to get a little bit more – a little bit more getting receivers, better wide receivers, and they'll be back in the same situation next year if everything yeah. was to go to plan. Well, there uh-huh. is uh, an interesting – I mean, like, like, I, like you said, they do need to get weapons. There's an interesting, I guess, a decision to make, like I said, about the linebackers. I would think they would go that way in the first round. They went that way twice in the first round last year with Gary and Savage, and they both had very good rookie years. Mm-hmm. Um, but they haven't taken – I've said this a zillion times. They haven't taken a, a skill position player in the first round since they drafted Rodgers. That's – I mean, and that's – we're going on and that's years ins- ago. And that's insane. And it's crazy, but they've been – they have an uncanny – ability to develop second round basically second round of course because it's all jordy and adams and cobb and james jones and all those guys were second round picks Mm -hmm. but that takes time we saw with adams and i don't know if you guys remember steven probably remembers 
Devontae Adams sucked. Oh yeah, I remember he couldn't he couldn't catch a yes, cold. He couldn't catch a cold. But he's as oh, good you could watch it now. And his back and forth with Chad Ochocinco, I always find funny. He's the best route runner, and one of the best route runners in the league. Yes. But it's – and it, now it took a little time. So when you draft those guys, like it Lazard, like – you know, Lazard, they took off somebody's practice squad, but like Geronimo Allison and like uh, EQ St. Brown and and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, it takes years to get into – to get – especially, you know, to get – comfort with Rodgers because he doesn't throw to people he's not comfortable with and just to learn how to play in the NFL game I mean so it just seems this is obviously a new regime so I don't know how they feel compared to the old Ted Thompson McCarthy regime but it seems like they feel the same way because they took Jay Sternberger in the third round and they took their run when they had needed a running back you know in flux two years ago again Aaron Jones fourth round Jamal Williams was the fifth round I think so and again, but it took those guys years. It's maybe they'll go through free agency kind of like they did this year with the defense. They'll go through that with some offensive guys. I mean, there's some people available. I don't see them going out giving Robbie Anderson fifteen million dollars, but you know, somebody who's a slot receiver who is consistent. That uh, maybe well, Cobb's not coming back, but like a Golden Tate type of person, that kind well, of player. We would have to cut Golden Tate first. I know. Obviously, I don't think we're gonna. You, no, guy I'm like a guy like, like Golden Tate. No, no, for I, sure. You need like a Humphreys off of Tennessee. Receiver. You need a guy like a Humphreys off of Tennessee. Sure. Guy, you're, need to you're not Jimmy gonna Graham. pay a lot. Get Jimmy Graham out of here. No, Jimmy Graham is going to be a Packer for life. Oh, God, I. It was a good season. My goal for the season, I tweeted this yesterday, was to win a playoff game. I mean, going in, I wasn't even sure. Once it was pretty, once it was clear that they were, you know, a solid roster, I would say win one playoff game. I don't care how that happens in the divisional round, wildcard round, whatever. Win me a playoff game. They did that. They got to the final four of the league. You can't, I can't be upset with this. It was a first year head coach. But there is a lot of work to do. As we saw, there is a big difference between where the Niners are at and where the Packers are at. And like you said, the Niners are beyond. There are already like rumors of the Bosa brothers playing together in a couple of years, and like they're only going to get better on defense, being as young as they are. Yeah, and, and they're young and obviously cheap because of the way they're now. When they have to pay all those linemen, things get. But that's three years away at this point. Two, three years away. Right. And they well, already paid Jimmy, and you know you you paid Jimmy. You gotta pay Debo, and and some offense and the linemen. And that's basically it. Yeah, I mean, but I, you got you got four years be, till you have to worry about Bosa because you figure well, three, year, three years, three yeah, years he'll he'll sit for his for them to pick up the option, and then they'll have two more years to negotiate money. The the next two years they're gonna be the class of the NFC, and then you get into. What is the? I, I always forget the defensive coordinator's name, um, Celeste or whatever his name is. You, oh, you get into him. You get into him getting a job. So then you got to replace him, and you get into guys leaving. And as the same thing, all good teams go through. Your, your yeah. talent gets picked, and your coaches get picked, and I, I, you know the parity of the league brings you back down. But I mean, I think by the time the Packers are ready for you know. 
I guess. By the time the Niners are ready to step down, the Packers might be looking at a new quarterback. So, I mean, maybe the champion is, is you know, we're going through this team is going to be tough. But I do think they're as good as the Saints, and they're as good as basically anybody else in the conference. For sure. They're, I was disrespecting them as long as possibly, and I thought, I thought the Packers were going to find a way to get one more win. Sorry about that. There were one more win, um, but they just ha- right now with Kyle Shanahan, they have the right, they're pressing the right button at each time possible with the running game or being able to have Jimmy G throw as much as possibly needed, and they have the weapons which were all right. They 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 deserve to be at the Super Bowl this year. Uh, so it's going to be the- interesting. This it's going to be, be interesting fun. to see. It's going to be interesting to see how the offense handles the the Super Bowl more so than the defense because we know the defense is going to travel, but they are going up against the Chiefs. And we'll get to them now. It's going to be interesting to see on the game planning and the gamemanship between both teams. Listen, and you know, I, you know, Spags has been here, and that's mm-hmm. the important part. Spags has been here. He's done this, and he's beaten the best offense in the league two two times, or uh, one time in the Super. One Bowl. time, yeah. Right. He wasn't part Perry of the. Perry Yeah, Perry Fuel. Right, right. Perry Fuel was the second, the second one. I forgot about. Perry Fuel. Oh, okay. But anyway, um, Spags beat an eighteen and an OT, right? Mm-hmm. So with that being said, he's going to do what he needs to do, which is make Jimmy throw. He's going to yeah. make Jimmy beat him. And that's what's going to make it more fun because can KC keep Jimmy off the field enough, keep their defense off the field enough? And Romo said it a couple times, can the defense make the big play yesterday to keep him out? The offense is never a problem for the Chiefs. No. They're gonna, it, they could put up 40 points by just blinking. And but, that's back-to-back weeks of them not showing up the first few drives and making them uh, come back ten to some ten-point leads, and obviously a twenty-four-point lead in the first the first playoff game they played in. So it's going to be interesting to see. Can they start fast? They ha- they haven't the last two games, and and that's where playing a team like the 49ers is going to be very different, different and difficult because. They'll be able to pin their ears back with that defensive line. So it's going to be interesting. Right. If you get down, you know, 17 points to the Niners, it's going to be a lot harder to come back than it was the last two weeks. Right. Because once that defense gets going in San Francisco, that defense doesn't stop. There's no way of stopping the defense. So, can Patrick Mahomes, which do basically every single drive, exactly what he did on that last the touchdown run, ten and a half, just make yeah, everybody miss and go. The thing about the Chiefs is they have so many people who can beat you, so many weapons. So, yeah, the Niners. You know, the, I I think. I honestly, I think it's the 
Niners. The Chiefs have the advantage. No, I don't know. It's going to be a good game. It's going to be a really good game. I'm super excited about it because, again, best offense versus best defense. Like, who yeah. steps up? Who plays? Who shows up? Normally, it's the defense. Let's see if the offense for once steps up. So, of course, this is the most boringest week in sports. And Danny, maybe you can answer the question Vito and I had. Why are the Lions and Bengals coaching staffs coaching the North versus South game? Uh, well... Obviously the oh both that's suck. that's that's easy because <laughs> they're they're both teams don't those two teams are the lowest teams that don't have new coaching staff. They don't have new coaches, I guess. But it's like ah oh, okay, I get what you're saying there. So because of the fact that then why aren't the Dolphins coaching one of them? Because they're top five. It, those teams are worse than the Dolphins. Oh, the Dolphins, it's, because they're five. The Lions are four, I think. Right? And I think we're yeah. three. No, no we're four. And vice versa, yeah. Lions are three. We're four. So because... Oh, okay. But because so the Redskins two? have a new... Redskins who have a new coaching new coach. Set. Okay. It's just... That's more the most logical thing. I obviously don't know off the top. The, if that's really the reason, but that would be the most logical thing. Right, because it's not like I mean the Senior Bowl is an All Star game, but it's not like a real college All Star game. It's just senior, so it's like not everybody you're going to be drafting is going into this game. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right, you're so, not going to uh, get like Chase Young really in this game. Minute. You're not getting you're Chase not, Young in this game. Right, you're. They're not. Nobody there. That. I mean, nobody they're going to be drafting with their picks is playing in this game. Right, and like so, you guys said earlier to me, Burroughs isn't even playing, and then he took himself right. out. So. The Bengals are basically just finding people to else to draft. Diamonds in the rough in the later rounds and whatnot. The league is trying to ruin these teams by going here, look at Justin Herbert for a week, and then make a mistake and pick him at three. Yo. That's what's going to happen. It's that time of year, man. Bengals are going to (laughs) take Herbert at one. It's that time of year. Burrows to the Lions, burying Vin for the next 20 years. Uh... (laughs) But it's that time of year. You you know it. It's it's the combine. It's everything. He is that prototypical quarterback, and everybody's going to fall in love with him. Listen, We've he's seen been it. one for two years now. If he came out last year, he was supposed to go number one. Remember that? Yeah. So it's he's that he's that prototype that everybody falls in love with. So don't be shocked when, even though it's going to be Burrow, don't be shocked that his name goes on. To Above Tua, maybe if Tua somebody, is somebody pulls a uh, Chicago Bears Mitch Trubisky and jumps up to pick Herbert. I, I don't <laughs> know because I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> Trubisky was one of the like the top name in that class. I mean, you can debate well, whatever. But, but yes, but like, now the Bear fans are watching Pat Mahomes play in a Super Bowl in two right. weeks. And <laughs> but see, like that's the thing. Like I still it's, don't get why there was no respect for Watson. After playing Alabama back to back years in the championship game, that doesn't make any sense. Well, that that should have been the un, un, unanimous first pick overall for a quarterback. Well, but but the reason why he wasn't was he he was more of a mobile option guy at Clemson with a short pass. Teams want that. Pat Mahomes has that arm, has that strength well, in his yeah. arm. Oh, and yeah, Trubisky had a big arm in uh, Carol. Was it Carolina? 
I think yeah, he went yeah, to North Carolina. And I forgot who the but other quarterback was. You didn't hear about him there. more than once, though. That was the crazy thing about it. That, that was the year Carolina had a good year, though. So, like, you did hear yeah. about him. It wasn't the best year, but you heard enough about him. Yeah. How many times did you hear Daniel Jones' name? Oh, no, that's all fair points. But like <laughs> You heard right, Daniel but, Jones but, a lot less than Mr. But, Risky. But, but, but this draft, that particular draft, you had guys that were like, okay, Watson. You know he wasn't basically as close of a can't miss as possible, and then... They're like, eh, we'll go Trubisky. Wait, whatever they got to do, you got to do. But we've we've all been there team wise. Well, all all our teams have been there where you're like, all right, they should draft this guy, and they they don't. Listen, if Daniel Jones doesn't go to the Manning camp and know the Mannings, do you even oh, yeah. hear about him? Oh ever? yeah, of course not. Oh yeah, of course. So. That's right away there. And then when it comes to Trubisky, you like kind of heard about him. But again, Watson was always was that quarterback in college that, okay, he could run the quick out play, quick out pass, quick slant. He didn't have that golden arm that can throw the ball 40 yards down the field every time he needed, every time he wanted to. And Clemson. Clemson was a but, pa- the, was but the talent was there. That, like, that's right, what the I talent said. was there, but again... When you look around, do those quarterbacks last? That's the question. Not that's, saying he's a bad quarterback. That's fair. Oh he, no, and that's that's very fair. So like, and he had the the it factor too. The you know that the clutch gene, as we call it. Mm-hmm. But like, Pat Mahomes is in a class of his own. Well, yeah. now, nah, but he also needed a year to groom. Right. Right. Hey, listen, Alex Smith is becoming the grooming guy. Uh, I guess. It's also like with Deshaun. I it sound might it sounds dumb, but it's the truth. Like quarterbacks from good colleges rarely, you know, are are the studs in the NFL. Right. When was the you last know, time all, you heard an Alabama quarterback come out and there there are none exactly. You know, there's no there's no Ohio really Ohio State quarterbacks. I mean, what's his name is not did not have a good first season. Haskins. I mean, uh, Texas guys, you know, obviously Colt McCoy, nothing. USC Colt McCoy is still a backup somewhere, okay? Washington. He, he is. I think he's Washington's backup. Um, Carson Palmer obviously was a, a good quarterback for a couple of years, and he's probably recently he's the guy from that from a powerhouse school that that I mean that I can think of off the top of my head. Joey Everybody Harrington. Else, Oh boy, Oregon! <laughs> but everybody else, you know, Breeze, Rogers, Purdue, Roethlisberger, Cal. Rivers, Miami of Ohio, Rivers. Where did Rivers yeah. go to school? NC State, NC State, NC State. Okay, Eli went to Ole Miss. Eli, Ole Miss. Like Ole Miss is a good school, but it's nothing great. Nothing football, great. You're not. You're not right. going there. Fine. To, you're going there for the education first. If you're going to somebody, Peyton went Tennessee. to Tennessee. Tennessee's nothing. I mean, again, nothing special. I mean, they were when he was there. Brady, Michigan. Which, which, by the way. Well, Brady, Michigan, but he wasn't even. I was being funny. Right, no, of course. No, but even, like, Luck was, you know, Stanford was good when he was there, but Stanford's not a football powerhouse. No. Stanford's a smart school in the West, so. (laughs) Correct. Where did Ryan Leaf go to school? Ryan Leaf went to Washington State. He did. 
I'm trying to. I always and, and Jamarcus, like, Jamarcus was LSU. Uh, LSU. Well, that's the thing, LSU. Like they, <laughs> and they won a title. I guess. The so I guess we'll can. see how Burroughs does. Well, Bur- Dylan won his camp. Well, camp, no. To be fair, Burroughs is not going to not watch film and will have a blank tape, and they're going to question it, and they know for a fact the tape is blank, and he's going to act like he studied it. Okay, and we could all agree that... The fact that they didn't put that in draft day is, annoys me. Because that's just a great fucking story. Um, and we could all agree that it's safe to say that Andy Reid did not just have one cheeseburger before bed last night. Hey, man. <laughs> he deserves it. He had all three timeouts going to end the game last night. So, model top to him on that. He didn't screw uh, up the clock. So... It's, it's going to be interesting so to see these two good franchises uh, plan for the next two weeks. It's obviously going to be boring for the standpoint that, yeah, next weekend is the Pro Bowl, which none of us watch. The Royal NHL Rumble. Star, and the Royal Rumble. So, thankfully for the Royal Rumble, they found their... 12 hours of the Royal Rumble. Aren't yeah. the ESPYs usually this week, too? No, that's in the summer. That's... Oh, they're doing the yeah, summer. yeah, they do that that's, baseball that's the yeah, that's that's uh, the day after the All Star Game because there's okay. the yeah. only day of the year that there's not a single game of Got any it. sport. Yeah, right, and it's like the week right before training camps are opening, so it's like the perfect day to just have it. Right, but don't they record them like the week before? They do it? record it. Yeah, I think, I think they do record, but when they air it, it's that. Yeah. So interesting. Actually, no, I don't think they record it because they have baseball players. Though. I think they used to. Possible, but I don't know. The baseball aspect of it, they forever. I don't think they do. I don't know. Whatever. I I can't. I could safely say I've maybe watched 10 minutes a year of that. I don't even care who wins. Like They're not real oh, yeah. awards. <laughs> Yeah, no. I'm really good at watching whoever wins the Jimmy V Award the video the next day. Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) Right. That's That's probably my that's probably my ten minutes a year. With that being said, you want to wrap it up and talk about the uh, locals? Yeah, let's take a break and we'll be right back after this. All right, welcome back. To the S and podcast show, we'll wrap it up here a little bit with uh, a little bit of the local stuff. Um, the Islanders' slow stretch, uh, I guess, has continued. Um, they're pretty much a 500 team since their 17-game point streak uh, ended. So, a couple tough losses: two to the Rangers, one they got blown out. One, they took a bad penalty with, like, 40 seconds left and gave a power play goal. And then they blew a three-goal lead in the third period on uh, Saturday against the Caps. So two division rivals, probably their two biggest rivals, and two bad losses. Um, They need some help up front, like we've said a zillion times. They need some help. They might need some defensively. Adam Pellick is out for the season. So things are not great on the island, but they're still in a playoff spot. And they play the Rangers again. This schedule is so dumb. They played the Rangers four times a season and three times in the past nine days. 
doesn't make any sense. No. But um, after that, the All-Star break starts, so maybe they get things um, sorted out. They get back to basics, that kind of thing. Um, I guess I haven't watched much Rangers besides the games they played the Islanders. Dan, have they looked better? Um, I'll be honest, I haven't really either. Uh, okay. But but they've been playing. They're playing better. Uh, they're playing up to the opponents. Unfortunately, I was at a wedding last night, um, so I didn't get to really look into what happened in the Ranger game. But they did give up a late late minute goal to untie the to lose the game last night. So they're that that frustrating young team that they'll play great some nights and then the next night or a couple games later they're gonna just shit the bed and you just gotta take it for what it's worth sort of type of thing um right. and right now they have three goalies so they have a uh, skin who's just got called up for a few weeks ago um he's their top prospect top goalie prospect they obviously have Hank, and they have who hasn't Oviedo. played in like two weeks, by the way. And when they have, ironically, he has played. They they've lost. I don't not, know who played. Not last Hank, night. the other guy. Gorgiev. No, the other guy who. Um, oh, Shosturkin. Yeah. yeah, he's played like two games, and they said, and he hasn't played since. Yeah, he played like the first two or three games. He got called up. He's two and zero. Oh. And then Borgia played against the two games against the Islanders. And playing um, again tomorrow. And playing again. They're trading. And... They're trading Georgia. That's the whole thing. They're trying yeah. to trade him. Yeah. Anyway. Right, but at least send the other kid down to let him play. He's just sitting in a suit. Yeah, it's a weird situation with what's going on with the the goalie goalie situation with the Rangers because Hank has not been playing a lot as much as he's done in the past as well. So that's here or there for that but the rangers obviously panarin was a good signing great signing by them uh um the, the most a couple of young players are playing pretty well to the point um yeah they got they got away with one with the out of the game at the coliseum a couple nights ago with the the penalty to broussard um but they've been they're that that team that's not going to go away this year but if they weren't to make the playoffs, the fan base is not going to be upset type of thing. Obviously, they're going to want to make the playoffs, but it's like, okay, we see where the progress is coming, and then next year, if they don't make the playoffs type of thing, then that's when it's like, all right, what are we doing here kind of thing. Well, is yeah, that, they have. Is that fair? I think that would be the fairest way to say it. But if, like, if they, they did find a way to make the playoffs this season – Wow, that's great! And if they were to like just play good in the first round and magically win, that's house money for the rest of the playoffs. You know what I mean? Right. And it's like they have some decisions to make. Right, Kreider's a free agent. Like Kreider, they, yeah, Kreider. Do they trade him? Do they right. keep him? Ryan Strom's been a nice pickup. I mean, he's playing with Panarin, so maybe his numbers are inflated a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's been playing but, with Panarin and Zibanejad, so that that so he's doesn't playing hurt. with the top two guys. Yeah. Um. And then Heedle's been playing pretty well on the second line. It, it, there's a there's a lot of things to be positive about. It, it's right. like, all right, it's 
they're not losing because of effort. They're they're losing because of young stupidity at times or right. not showing up because they don't know how to show up kind of thing. In year two of a rebuild, I think they're exactly where they'd like to be. Correct. They're 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 teetering on a playoff spot. They were like six six points behind last time I checked in the eight seed. So Yeah. And that's and that's with a couple of teams slumping, anything could possibly happen. You know how that that goes, but I would assume most of the Ranger fans that I know, if they were to make the playoffs, that would be wow, that's past expectations, and let's see what happens to it, kind of thing. Um, let's see what happens. Um, they they did the right move with Panarin, so and a couple other players that um, you would be shocked that the Rangers would have made. So. Um, okay. So, basketball-wise, Kyrie's on his shit again. Kyrie's on his shit again. He apparently did you see, did you see the quote that the yeah. last time the Nets won was Julius Irving? So, Irving. Kyrie. Kyrie Irving. Get it? Julius Irving. Yep. Kyrie I, Irving. Championship. Just, I <laughs> just... I, the NBA is so different from any other sport. People just saying that the team needs better people. Is in is like a thing. No, you don't say that in any other sport. You don't just say, "I need a, we need a third, uh, uh, you know, well, give me an ace." Nobody in the Yankees just said they needed an ace last year. No, but see, yeah, that's, you, that's that's BS though. Like that, like maybe you play a game. He didn't play a game a few weeks ago for the first time since November. Like that, that see that that, that stuff like that pisses me off. Like that. You know, it's going to be more fun. They said he needed surgery about a week ago. Then he comes back. So now when he goes to have the surgery in the offseason and he misses the f- whole first half of the season because of rehab. With Durant. Without with, the, with Durant. And they never gel. What's going to be the excuse at the end of the next season? Mm-hmm. I Well, that I, I don't know. The Nets are – they're a mess. Like, they're supposed to be – he's supposed to be the help. They made the post as a team last year. Yep. Right, he's supposed to be the guy to help them get to the next yeah. round. <laughs> um, then KD the Knicks, comes I, and bam. Yeah, the Knicks I haven't watched much. They I, won I today. The Knicks actually won. The Knicks won today, but they had a they had a three game losing streak, and it was seven out of eight games that they lost. So it's whatever. Uh, they're not even watchable for the most part. If I have them on, it's more background noise and. I watch them for five minutes and ridicule how awful they are. Um, I'm I'm happy how N- Neil Keene has been playing, and R.J. Barrett's out for at least a week with an ankle injury. So that's pretty much it on all things. Knicks. They were winning too many games. They needed him to go. Uh, yeah. They needed the ankle injury. Yeah. So I don't know. That's here or there. Um, the Yankees are the Yankees. Um, they dodged the bullet of not being in that any sort of scandal on their end of things. Um, the Mets, the Mets, it's the Mets get the Mets with the uh, Paul Beltran scenario. Uh, <laughs> even even things that they're not even in, they they still find a way to yeah. unfortunately be in the middle of. Um, so it's going to be interesting. Who do you, I, I would assume the next manager is going to be someone in the organization. So, so on Twitter right now, okay? We're reading the same exact Yeah, thing. I didn't read the article, but I... I still, didn't read the article either, but it says from the New York Post, I'm reading Mets it. fear of future owner 
Steve Cohen is taking over manager shirts. How is that a fear if he's willing to say, okay, hey, wait, here's uh, an extra $5 million. Here it goes. Here it goes. Here it goes. Here it goes. So the fear is not about the manager. The fear is basically it says a person in per, according to a person, the person, there's a concern that if the Mets hire somebody who wasn't originally considered for the job. It will look bad to Cohen reflecting poorly on the front office that will be in limbo since the ownership transfer is once the ownership transfer is complete. So basically they're saying, obviously, Brody and whoever's making these decisions don't want to hire Dusty Baker, which I'm okay with, or Buck Showalter or whatever, because it's going to be like, why didn't you interview this guy in the first place? Regardless of what they do, the GM will not be the same GM in two years. I Unless they win a World Series somehow. Which or, I they, or they make the playoffs. Let's be somewhat fair about that. Sure, okay. If they make the playoffs like the next year or, or two years, and then Steve Cohen takes over, sure, maybe he'll keep his job. But, like, the fact that you're even thinking this is a problem. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, you've already – you they had a long manager search in the first place. It was too long. So, like, either go get Eduardo Perez or just promote Rojas and let what's the other guy who I can't pronounce be the bench coach. And let's just go because this is already there's. I saw earlier, uh, I think it was Andy Martino tweeted that they could have a, a choice by the end of the week. Even that's too long. I mean, we're like, guys are showing up already, like, next week. I know pitchers and catchers report. You know what? It's like Valentine's Day usually, but like guys get there early by the by February first. People will be there. We saw a suspicious videos today. Who's not going to be available till maybe next season? Huh. There's no, first of all, <laughs> you can't you can't watch those videos and tell me he's not ready. I completely get it. Would be it's going to be a Mets. This is going to be a Mets thing. He's not going to be on the roster opening day because then his his salary almost doubles. So like he won't be, but I, it shouldn't be long after that. He looks, he's running. That was like a forty yard. That was like forty yard sprints back and forth. He looks like he's swinging the bat fine. He's definitely in playing shape. Finn, he looks a little chunky. I'll, I'll, he, oh, he's the... big. Oh yeah, he's big. Somebody, <laughs> somebody tweeted, "What did he eat the boar?" <laughs> he looks kind of chunky. Physically, he is able. So I'm not saying he's ready for like games, whatever. Yeah. He is physically ready to do baseball activities now. But like now, it's just he needs to get kick it up a notch. Yeah, let's let's see what happens. I can see the magic hamstring happen at some point in the. There's going to be yeah. some sort of horse in a ditch between him and his car and his ranch and. A guinea pig's going to run out of a bush and mm-hmm. jump on his head. I'm trying to think of all the weird scenarios that we could come up with for how he's going to be hurt. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Finn, this goes back to the whole thing. Hire Jose Reyes as the manager. He teaches Cespedes how to fake oh the hamstring God. injury. Bam. There you go. <laughs> Everybody's dancing in the dugout during the game. Everyone starts thinking we're cheating because we're dancing during pitches. <laughs> Imagine, ooh, that's not a bad idea. We don't have to hit garbage cans. We just dance. 
Interesting. Oh, I don't. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine we hire Jose Reyes and then next off season someone says this team's see, watching a video in the clubhouse and they're doing weird dances every time and. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, Carlos Gomez is his bench coach. <laughs> I keep hearing a yee, a yee out of the dugout every time I go to throw Ooh, a fastball. Yeah. Three yees is the curveball. Two yees is the two. Ooh, the uh, over-under of this year's Met team is 85, 86 and a half. Oh, send the okay. bar high. Okay. But we're we're so a real team. Graphs, if you trust Fangraphs, Fangraphs projections has the Mets winning the division this year. Oh, God. At 92 wins. Now, again, projections, as, as we know, statistical projections are usually on the con- on the, usually on the conservative side. Like, they don't pick anybody to win 100 games, but somebody's going to win 100 games. They're also, for some reason, very low on the Braves, usually. Like, last year, they I think they had the Braves finishing second or even, like, behind the Phillies third. Uh, things have broke right for the Mets, though, this offseason. Uh, Rendon's out of the division. So for the second straight year, even though they won the World Series, the Washington Nationals have lost their best player. Donaldson went to Minnesota, so we don't have to deal with him anymore. I was going to make uh, a joke an earlier. interesting contract. Four years. I was going to make the joke earlier today when I saw it uh, that King Felix is signing a minor league contract with the Braves. <laughs> with the Braves. AO, 100% gonna have a bounce back season this year probably and gonna kill the Mets I can't wait for it wait did um, he really sign that contract he did yeah, yeah. He, he signed a minor league deal with them today one million dollars yep um Strasburg came back to the Nets listen if the Mets I mean we know what we know the story there's always ifs with the Mets if their bullpen pitches competently like the players have in their careers, they should be fine. Offensively, the same thing. Now they could, probably, you know, we're counting on Cespedes. We're not. I'm not counting on. I'm not counting. I'm not, counting I'm on not either. Trading for Starling Marte was brought up again. They said somebody said talks have come sparked back up. The reason if those are gonna, coming up is to distract everybody from. If that's going to cost Brendan Nimmo or J.D. Davis, you can keep them. I don't need Starling Marte. Mm-hmm. I'm fighting with the offense the way it is, personally. They need a backup catcher, though. That's for sure. Renee Rivera is still available. The, the Thomas Nito era is uh, not going strongly uh, for you. I'm either. done. I can't with Thomas Nito, please. Um, like, Renee hear, Rivera hearing, is still like, available. Also, Juan Lagares is still Martin. available. And and uh, uh, Wilmer's still available too. I think. Is he? I don't know. I could have sworn he signed the multi-year deal with the Astro with the Thunderbirds. No, no, he he got non-tendered. Did he? I could have sworn he did. (laughs) Let's get the mojo back. Um, that's about that. Bring them all back. Wilmer, Juan, Carlos Gomez, Reyes, just. That's the bench right there. Hey, sign me up. <laughs> and then, and then with the Yankees, it's just basically let's see what happens in spring training with them. They're not really going to be making any more major moves, obviously with Garrett. So that's that with baseball, um, football. There's nothing really going on with the Jets, other than the couple sprinkling social media situation with Le- Le'Veon a couple weeks ago, which was weird. 
say the least, with Gase. Um, and then uh, Sideshow Bob, uh, Robbie Anderson took a picture with Sideshow Bob, so that was pretty funny. Well, other than that, that's been going on with that. And then I wanted to talk about this real quickly with the Giants. I'm not going to harp on it. I actually thought it was a good move. Um, Jason Garrett's the new offensive coordinator for the Giants. It's going to be really interesting to see on him only being able to have to worry about the offense and let's see what happens with him just focusing on that aspect of the team. And, hey, if he finds a new head coach job next year, that means he had a good year with the Giants and – and the players played pretty well under him and the rest of the team. So it's a win-win situation with that being said. Um, I'm, I'm happy with the move. It could have been a lot worse. And it's more fact that we needed that veteran guy that's been in the wars, especially in the NFC East, that could help judge out, uh, swim through the tough times of next season. Well, what do you think, Steve? I don't mind... Garrett coming in because, like everybody knows, he's a quarterback coach. So mm-hmm. it's going to help judge out, especially with young Daniel Jones and telling him, all right, cool, This I'm going to focus on Jones. You go focus on what you need to do. Mm-hmm. I was a believer in Wade Phillips. I wanted, as soon as they said he was out in Los Angeles, I wanted Wade Phillips mm-hmm. on this franchise because it would have been, you could have done a Sean McVay situation where. Phillips just kind of sits there and takes care of the defense, and you get get and you get a judge there doing what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, with that being said, an interesting name that was let go today was Romeo Cornell, who could be one of those like assistant in the booth, never seen defensive coaches. Who knows where him and Judge's history is when it comes to Belichick? Yeah. So, but with Garrett, I like the move. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of role he plays head coaching wise. Cause he's not the assistant head coach, right? Then they mm-hmm. give that to somebody else. I think the defensive. Oh coordinator... yeah. The, the, the coordinator got it. The defensive coordinator got it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this will keep Garrett kind of, you're going to see a lot of spotlight on Garrett, but it's going to be more of a, Hey, what do you see in judge? And you know what? Garrett also learned on the parcels. So it kind of works out when the tree all goes together, you know, when you put the whole tree together, you get, you get Bill Bar- yep. Parcells and Belichick in, in your coaching and staff. And Saban, because uh, Garrett running, did. Garrett, also, Garrett. Garrett yes. was also a Saban, and also the running back coach from Alabama, you know, when Mark Ingram is on Twitter saying the greatest coach I ever had is finally getting a shot. When he retweets a tweet by the Giants signing him, you know yeah. this coach is going to be good. Yeah. So, and again, and, another guy, Saban, goes, hey, take this guy. Yeah, and and it's going to be very interesting to see um, where the, they're going to go with the offensive line coach because um, the Browns did pick up Callahan. So there's a few other places. Uh, I saw one tweet today that uh, Columbo, remember Columbo from Dallas Cowboy fame? Yeah. He was a pretty good offensive lineman. He might be coming in for an interview. So that would be interesting to see. And then let's see what happens with the, that rumor yesterday about Witten. I don't really see that really happening. But things could happen. I did like K. Smith uh, the, towards the end of the season. And if Ingram ever stays healthy, 
I don't really see a place for in, uh, Witten to be on the actual team, but Witten, if he was to Witten, come to the Giants... If he was to come, will be the third sh- the goal oh, yeah. line. Oh, yeah, for sure. Tight end, who's going to teach Evan Ingram to be the tight end of the future. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, that that that's, would be his only role. But, like, for him to have... And then he's going to be the guy who takes over for Howard Cross on the sideline. Yeah, basically. Imagine that. <laughs> Bring him in just to be the radio and, guy. And I joke though, and I joked with that is our luck is he'll kill us every game that he plays for the Giants like he always did for the Cowboys. But that's here or there. Um, you guys have anything else for tonight, or you want to just plug away for the rest of uh the rest of the night? Fit. No, we got all our Mets stuff out. I think that's it. Who's winning the Royal Rumble, boys? I don't care. Um, I, I think I answer most wrestling questions with this. My answer is Jeff Hardy. <laughs> I don't even think he's still employed. He Jeff is. Hardy. He is. He's is apparently he? returning from injury soon. Is it was it actual injury or was it that he got a little bit of everything? The wagon again. A little bit of everything. There was a wagon. There was an injury. There was falling off of things. Uh, <laughs> honestly, it's really sad. <laughs> all right. With that being said, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all social media apps. Uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course Spotify, and of course SNDblog.com. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.